Hey Life Group Leaders, Janine here, ready to bring you week 9 leader guide for 1 Peter 1 verses 3 through 5. So let's jump in. The icebreaker question is, how do you respond to uncomfortable situations? Do you fight, flee, conform, or stand firm? So this question was inspired by Pastor Nate's challenge to us as believers to stand firm in the word. We have a living hope that empowers us to do so. However, sometimes situations in life come up where we may react in different ways. So we just thought this question would allow us to take a second to consider what some of our natural reactions are and reconcile those reactions to God's word. The reason we can stand firm is that we have a living hope, or as Pastor Nate is referring to it, the hope of an exile. So you'll discuss more about this in question number three. But let's jump into our group discussion questions. So uh, number one is what stood out to you in the section of scripture or from Sunday's sermon, which is our typical way to start the discussion. You can also jump into question two, which is this. In verse three, we see how Peter begins his letter by praising God rather than focusing on the struggles of the situation. How do you imagine this paradigm impacted the readers of his letter? What thoughts or feelings can prevent you from praising God and how can you address them? So the goal of this question is consider how praising God is both honoring to him and it changes our hearts in the process. So often when our focus is on our situation, we can lose sight of who God is and of his promises to his children. This verse help gets, helps to get Peter's readers in the correct orientation with which to read and receive his letter. They're going through a challenging season and uh, to be honest, are going to continue to go through trials as long as they're believers. That's what we're called to. Um, but instead of focusing uh, on their situations, trying to c- um, comfort them through the, giving suggestions or specific resolutions, Peter shifts their focus to Christ, who is our ultimate solution for everything. Our thoughts or feelings about a situation or circumstance can often prevent us from praising God. So as your group is chatting about your experiences, just encourage them to consider how God's truth, his word, can help them shift gears. Um, Some of your group members may be willing to share specific examples of ways that they have shifted their attention to God in the midst of difficult circumstances. And this can be such a beautiful way for your group to get to know each other uh, even better. All right, question three. Why is it significant that we are born again into a living hope? What place does living hope have in a believer's life? And what is a personal example of a time when living hope has impacted your life? So the purpose of this question is to consider how our salvation produces a hope that is alive and that impacts us in significant ways. So Pastor Nate describes how our new birth in Christ produces a living hope. And by being born again, we receive a new identity in Christ, which means that in him we have access to this living hope for everlasting life. And since our hope is alive, in the printed leader guide, I have alive in all caps. It's alive. (laughs) And that means it does not bring death. It is not of this world. Living hope is the opposite of hopelessness. And it gives us an eternal perspective that expands beyond our current circumstances and our earthly existence. We have a hope that means something in our lives now and lasts forever. Our hope in Christ is dynamic, bringing us comfort, strength, and endurance when we need it most. And hearing testimony of how someone has held on to this hope in the midst of trial is a powerful experience. So encourage your group to share with one another about the ways that hope has helped them learn and grow through tough times. All right, question four. How does Peter describe our inheritance in Christ in verse four? What do these words mean and which one or ones stand out to you the most? How does the security of our inheritance in Christ influence your daily life and decisions? 
So this question is meant to help your group focus on the inheritance that believers are promised through Christ. This inheritance in Christ is given to us when we're born again. We receive the promise of salvation, inheriting abundant life on earth and eternal life in heaven. In verse 4, we see that Peter describes this inheritance in Christ as imperishable, undefiled, unfading, and kept or guarded in heaven for you. For some, the fact that our inheritance is imperishable may bring great security to their mind and heart. Knowing that our inheritance is undefiled, pure, perfect, might bring a sense of comfort and peace. As our inheritance is unfading, one may be inspired by its continual beauty and relevance in our lives. The fact that God is guarding our inheritance for us in heaven brings great joy and anticipation for when we are united with him there. Understanding the insurance of our, assurance of our salvation is an important part of our walk with Christ. As we know more fully the power that is secured within us through Christ, the more we are emboldened to throw off the sin that so easily entangles us and to engage most fully in the kingdom of God and to share it with others. All right, question five. After studying this passage, what is one thing you're going to do to apply this to your life? So we do encourage your group to share specific ways in which they plan to apply this passage to their individual life. And for our training moment this week, we want to encourage you to consider a new idea, possibly, um, or to more regularly consider this idea of a group application. So this is the idea that in addition to the individual applications that your group members come up with, there's also value in identifying ways that your entire group can make applications together, facilitating opportunities for prayer and accountability with one another. So for example, since the exile hope that we studied this week begins with praise, we talked about that in question two, you could set up a group text or email where different group members could send out reasons why they're praising God that week. As a leader, you may want to consider how best to get the conversation going and encourage it along the way. Um, but that's one way that you could bring a practical application to the entire group. Um, or you might consider that since as believers were to embrace a living hope, you could, as a group, commit to praying for specific unbelievers to enter into this living hope alongside of us. You could pray for one person or an entire people group together. You could also collectively pray for the list of individuals that are on the hearts of each group member. Either way, committing to pray for these people consistently throughout the week or even throughout the remainder of the quarter will be really valuable. All this being said, if your discussion leads you in a customized direction for your group application, please pursue that idea. The hope is that you're not only able to apply these truths as individual life group members, but that you also apply these truths as a collective life group throughout the week. Thank you so much leaders for all that you're doing. We really appreciate you and are praying for your group meetings this week. Take care.